Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take, take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download live 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go! There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. TPV Radio, Central Texas. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! What's good, radio family? The Psalmist Voice Radio Network has an all-star lineup just for you. Just pick your flavor. Starting with, on Sundays, the Psalmist Voice Reloaded at 2 p.m., Central Standard Time, followed by Cell Life with Michael Ceballos at 4.30 p.m. Monday, The Grub at 12 noon. Darcy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Labrine at 6 p.m. Friday's Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4 p.m. Saturdays is our triple hitter, and it starts off with Saturdays for Best with Sister Lorraine Brown, followed by Brother Now Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m., and Lota Bar Nation with Sandra Grace at 7 p.m. The Thomas Voice presents by appointment only, coming soon. TPV Radio's open mic open to all pastors preachers, and artists, and we're going to get it in to be announced. You can also catch us on Live 365, 24-7. Just search the Thomas Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. Walk with us, family. Let's go. At Javina Distributing, we got your covering for your winter and summer needs. One size fits all. To order yours today, please message them on Facebook at Javina Distributing or call 616-929-2991 or 517-489-6923. Or you can order from the website www.allsports.com headgear.com and type in promo code Siron 2020 to receive 20% off 
your purchase. Let's get it. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majow's Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. With Sister Lorianne Brown, right now on TPV Radio.
Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Summer's Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. It's Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. Good morning. Good Good morning. This is Saturday Buffet. We're excited to be here this this morning. We give God glory and praise. We thank Him for that song, because only God can do it. With the topic we have today, we can only, only God can do it. We thank God for this opportunity and this privilege. Hello, radio listeners. Today, we thank you. Put your, put your uh, thinking caps on, your praise and prayer, because we're going in some deep waters today. We just thank God for this opportunity. This is Roberta Jones, and we also have with us uh, our guest, uh, Pastor Jean uh, Holmes. And we will, I want her to introduce her guest as well. And I will talk to today, but Taking responsibility, staying woke, Black Lives Matter, Jim Crow letter is no excuse. And Pastor Jean, would you introduce your uh, guest today? Yes, good morning. Good morning, radio audience. It's so, so exciting to be here with you all today. We're so excited about what the Lord is doing on this particular program. And uh, I have with me today uh, Gabriel Thomas, who's my grandson. Um, he's speaking for the young men in his generation, and we're excited to have him as part of our panel today. And we look forward to what God is, will bring forth today. Amen. Amen. And since we're talking about taking responsibility, what are we taking, uh, Pastor Jean? What are we? Uh, you started this off last week with the with the uh, Willie Lynch letter and the things that was in the letter, and I'm sure we're going to repeat some of the things. But one of the things that he put in the letter, he said he used fear, distrust, and envy. And using that for uh, making slaves today, how do we undo what he did? When you say we say taking responsibility, how do we be responsible for the things that we've been taught as black people? Amen. Uh, you know, uh, the sister. The thing that, that, that I'd like to add today is that the only reason that this came out last week is because it was God-given. And seeking God for what he would have me bring forth on the program, uh, I felt that it was uh, the Spirit of the Lord leading me to bring this forth. And to just give a little history, uh, the thing that we found out is that with that particular letter, uh, in the beginning, he indicated he indicated uh, he indicated that if they listened to I'm sorry I'm I'm, I'm moving um, he indicated that if they if the slave owners listened to uh, his instructions it would enslave the people for 300 years and we are at the end of that 300 year period. 
uh, plus five. So five represents God's grace. So we're, we as a people are in that period of grace. And so what God has begun to say is that it's time for his grace is there. Everything he's given us is in operation now for us to break the cycle. And so we're looking at it from not just a natural perspective, but also a spiritual perspective because we know that that what's going on naturally is parallel with what has already happened spiritually. So I encourage the listeners today to understand that we're not talking about this as, as if it was a natural occurrence. This was purely a demonic spiritual thing that came to enslave a people. So we have to always understand and, and, and see the balance, but see, see it tipped towards what God himself is doing, that God himself is coming to set our people free. And, yes, we have the blood of Jesus, and, yes, we have the weapons, and we have everything that's been given to us, but God wants to uh, give us the wisdom of how to use what he's given us appropriately. You know, we can't just throw something on the fire and expect to put the fire out. You have to know exactly what you need, how the fire originated, what, 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 what type of fire it is to know what to put on the fire. So, again, I believe it was God-given because I believe that God wants to bring awareness to our people where we look at what we look at, uh, how, how our youth are killing each other in the streets. We look at the bondage, the oppression. We look at the disrespect for authority and the disrespect for one another and the disrespect for the house of God. And I believe that all of this was part of what was released at us 300 years ago. But God himself is coming on the scene with the breaker anointing to set our people free if they're willing to be set free. And two of the things that the Lord has given us is forgiveness and love. Forgiveness and love, not the love that you have for just yours, but the love of God in you operating through you, that those are two of the major weapons in God's arsenal that he's given us as a people in order for us to, to break, up, break free of even the essence of anything that was loosed at us 300 years ago. Am I there? Are you there? Hello? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. You brought that up. One of the things I'm reminded of what the scripture says, that God gave Adam dominion over everything, but he never gave him dominion over man. He never told us to rule over mankind. He told us to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every creepy thing. And one of the things in getting us to that place with God we have to be taught. And I'm reminded of what uh, Dr. Miles Monroe said. He said, all I know is what I've been taught. And what I've been taught is not all there is to know. So I think the, the thing that is the teaching that we have to teach people how to be free 
even in the Lord. Once you accept Jesus, you have to learn how to walk in authority, the authority that God has given us. And how do we teach young people about that authority today, that authority in God, walking with God, being the man that God has called you, the woman that God has called you to be, to have dominion over everything except human beings? How do we go about doing that? You know, in humility, sister, because... The the thing that I found, and, and again, my grandson is on the line uh, today, is that that instruction has to begin in the household of faith. It has to, and that's the way that God organized it. That's the way God predestined it. And uh, that's the only way it's going to come. We're going to come by that because not only do you have to teach them, but so many of them have to be healed. So many of them have to be delivered and set free from a lot of the things that the world has had pressed up on them to the point that they're not even able to receive uh, instruction. A lot of them are not able to submit uh, to authority because they have no respect for authority. You you know, the one thing that we learn in the body of Christ, in order to be in authority, you have to be willing to come under authority. Yes. So, uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, if I can be transparent, some of we have to be willing in the five-fold ministry, we have to be willing in the pulpit to realize that maybe we need to unlearn some things that we have learned in order to teach some things that need to be taught. That's Amen? Great. Uh, but what, what happened, what it, took, what it took for me 30-plus years ago to come to God, my grandson is not interested in. As a matter of fact, those things are outdated. He could care less about those things. But we have to be willing to allow God to come in and rearrange some things in us, humble ourselves so that God can even impart to us the new wine that's needed to reach this generation. We're still sometimes trying to get them to come to the church house when maybe God is saying, no, you got to go out of the church house to reach these. Meaning that you, you, you not only, you know, we got to get from wanting to preach a sermon to be, be the sermon. Because these have been enlightened to the point. You need to sit, you need to sit that on the table and leave that alone. Woo! That, that's awesome. <laughs> Quick preaching a sermon and be a sermon. Girl, y'all hitting them hard today. I got to say Amen. <laughs> And, and it goes it goes also with the scripture that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. You know, he didn't say they were destroyed for the lack of faith. He said they were destroyed for the lack of knowledge, not Amen. knowing, not knowing. And that's, that's what's destroying our young people. Our young people, that's why life does not, you know, killing one another doesn't mean anything because we don't know what life means. To God and to man. When we find out that life is a soul, that when you take a person, you take a, a life, you take in something precious in the eyes of God. But because we have not been taught the love of God, that that are are shown. I like I like Pastor Jean when she said, "Live, you know, be a sermon. Don't preach it." But when you see love, 
Love is a powerful tool, and love will correct anything wrong. Love is strong. With love and kindness have he drawn us. It was the love of God. His love is what made us want to come to him. He loved us that much. Not because he pointed a finger and told us what we were doing wrong, but he came and said, I can help you. I can take care of that. I can fix it. And I think that's what we have to do with our young people today. Because they're getting to the place they don't want they don't want to be a part of a part of the the church, a part of the body of Christ because of what the church has shown. So Roberta, can I can I ask a question right there? So sure. are you are you are you plainly saying we've gotta to learn to take one for the team? You know, we, we always we always saying, Well, uh, you're not gonna do me like this, do you? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> We we probably need to say, do you know whom I am? And when we when we realize that God has done everything, and He has uh, He has allowed us to experience some of the things um, to be a, a part of His plan, and that's an awesome responsibility. So we need to start taking responsibility. But uh, Pastor Dean, I'm interested to know what Gabriel uh, has to say about all of what's being said before we go to a song break. I really would love to hear Gabriel uh, have some comments on what has been said so far. How y'all doing today? Hey, Gabriel. Uh, hey, how you doing? Um, uh, I was listening to what y'all were saying, like, um, like what my grandma just said about, like, uh, you can't preach a sermon, you got to be the sermon, um, it's hard to get a lot of people like my, I ain't going to say a lot of people my age in church, but like as far as me, basically, it's hard to get me in church because, um, excuse the words I'm using, but a lot of churches play themselves out. A lot of churches could like, you could have a good pastor who humble in what he's saying, you know what I'm saying, who true to what he say, but he could fall into a lot of the, um, a lot of the negative stuff that comes with a church as far as like people in the church not being real about what they're trying to do and stuff like that. So the church will make you not interested in trying to have a relationship with God. A church can break that for people like me. I could be interested and want to go to a church. And then when I do go to a church and you know what I'm saying? It's not, my, at, at my expectations, because I would set a high expectation for a church, it's hard to, like, me being like, okay, well, I'm going to try a different church to try to get a relationship with God. I'm going to try a different church if that one don't work out. It's hard to do it like that. If if that, if that I, I don't know if I explained it right. Well, I, I'm going to give it up, but I, I'd like to say this. A lot of times, Gabriel, um, before we go to a building, we need to. We really need to have a personal relationship with God, so that when we go to the building, we'll take what we're expecting from from the people in the building. We'll take it to the building, and sometimes God wants to use us as a catalyst to open up what He really looks like to people. Because, like Pastor Gene said, we've gotten into a place where we we're, we're preaching at people, but God sometimes sends people such as yourself uh, in to preach. Without opening up your mouth That's the best sermon I've ever heard One that wasn't spoken One was just lived But I'll turn it back over to you girls This is an awesome show God bless you all Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing We preach We preach we, we don't preach Jesus 
if we preach Jesus and what he did, we'll fall in love with Jesus and become the church. Uh, can I ask something there, sister? Yeah. Uh, based on based on what my grandson just 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 uh, uh, spoke. See, this is where we need to be as the body of Christ. We need to have a heart to hear. We need to have a heart to hear what they're speaking. And then when we hear what they're speaking, the humility, the love of God that's already developed in us requires something of us. If we hear what he just said, I go to church looking for God and I can't find him there. So do I go to another church? And look for God. Why is it that a young another a young generation can say, "I go to church to find God, and I can't find Him there"? That should be a place for us, the church, to say, "God, what's the problem? We think we got it all, but these people come in saying, "Where's God?" That should be a place of conviction for us that maybe what we think we got ain't working no more. They're saying, this young generation is saying, even when I look in the pulpit at somebody that should be an example because they're supposed to represent and then represent, I'm not even finding it in the pulpit. If Mm. I look close to that pastor, I see that he got some issues just like me. So why should I trust what he's saying when what he's saying is not even powerful enough to affect or, or, or impact his life? That's a place for the church to me to go back to God and say, God, where did we miss it? Or did we miss it? So what do we need to do? Where is our place of accountability to seek the Lord to say, God, what do we need? What do we need? in order to reach this generation and not just seek it for a place to preach, we need this, but then stay there till God gives you the solution. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. Stay in there and listen to what he's saying, what we need to do. That's powerful. Amen. Amen. That's what happened. We pray and get up, and we don't stay and wait for him to answer it and give us that answer that we need because we definitely need an answer because we're losing we're losing our young people for the desire of God where we're supposed to be the example of who God we've taken uh we've taken the the uh Jesus was such an example he, he his his whole heart was for the young you know the disciples had the same problem we had because they was trying to move the children out of the way. He said, no, no, no. He said, leave these children alone. Bring them here. He gave them as an example. He said, except you become as these little children. You can't even see. You can't enter the kingdom of God. He said, let the children come. But we want them to come our way and not their way. But God, when we go back into the history of the Bible and find out that God had children that he called at eight years old. Solomon was was 12 or 16 when he got the blueprint for the tabernacle, for the temple. See, we don't teach that way. We don't teach we don't teach that God speaks to children. He's talking to you too. He's speaking to you too. It don't always have to come through us as adults. But he's listening. He's talking to you just where you are. 
And Gabriel, I want you to know he's speaking to you. He's talking to you where you are. You don't have to say it like your grandma said. You don't have to say it like I said or, or, or Lorraine said. But you can say it the way he give it to you. And know that yes, he's ma'am. speaking. He's talking to you. Because you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's in you. And he's speaking to you. But sometimes, sometimes we think he, he, you know, he sounds like our own voice and we think it's us. But he's speaking to you. But what you have to do is be bold and speak up. What you have to be bold and speak. You you are right. <laughs> um, if I could add something to what you just said, sure. Sure. Um, the youth, the younger people, <clears throat> or the next generation to come. Are um, they like the strongest generations because they still got time, they still got opportunity, they still got like for people like um, they get older in life and don't accept God, you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, they get too late in life and realize like I should have accepted God a long time ago. Whereas to like the kids or the younger generations, they still got time to learn like why. They still got time to make mistakes. Like I was saying, they still got time to go to the wrong church. And, you know what I'm saying? Realize like that's not the church for them. Uh, some people just get caught being in the church like that their whole life and, and ended up living the wrong way. So to tackle the youth is really the best because they are almost the most powerful. They still got time to like Prove all the points that you know what I'm saying everybody giving to them. Like they still got time to the Willie Lynch law. They still got time to overrule that in the next generations to come. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. Uh, okay, it's time for time for stop. I don't think Pastor Chris heard you. Pastor Chris, can we have a song now? Nobody wants you more. Not
Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. Amen. Amen. Who would serve a God like this? Nobody like God. And Gabriel, one thing I want to, to say that when you go to church, one thing that we have to go look into God, look into the word of God, not unto man. We know man delivers the word. But you want to, like Lorraine said, you want a relationship with God, accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The gospel never changes. The delivery of the message may change, but the gospel remains the same. It is the power to God to, to salvation. And we get salvation through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once we get to know Jesus, as a song is called Falling in Love with Jesus. When we fall in love with Jesus, we see things totally different. And, yes, man delivers a certain way, man lives a certain way, but our accountability, our account, we have to be accountable to our lifestyle of what God wants to do through us. And like I said, God speaks to you. And when you're in your quiet time, begin to ask him, Lord, what you want me to do? You begin to ask him questions of your relationship, developing your relationship with you and God. And sometimes we go go into church. I know I started when I going in when I went started going to church. I actually thought the preacher was next to God. I thought he was the one that that was supposed to lead me, but I found out that it wasn't him. It was the Holy Spirit inside of me is the one that's supposed to lead me. So with that. In mind, keep in mind that the Spirit of God is real, and He wants to quicken you, your spirit, to become what He wants you to be, so that you can to young people and reach them where they are. Sometimes we can't reach them, but you can. And I'm so glad that you're on here to express yourself. And thank you. But with that said in mind, what do you feel? Your call is your responsibility as a young Christian. Hello? Gabriel, did you hear the question? I'm sorry, ma'am, I did. Uh, before you before you answer, uh, Roberta, before you um, ask him the question again, uh, Gabriel, I just want to tell you that you're young in age, but you're solid in stature. You're not one that's easily persuaded by what other people think or feel. You have a solid foundation that you stand on. God just wants to um, season that, that position that you hold. God wants to influence your, your whole life. He wants to use your voice. He wants to use your gifts and your talents to give him glory and to give him honor. God has a calling on your life, and you have been um, called from your mother's womb. And God wants to use you mightily. And one thing about it, you already know that. This is not anything new to you. You, you already know this in your spirit. 
And that's why today we're telling you it's time to take responsibility. The calling that's on your life is precious, it's powerful, and it is one that Jesus gave his blood to place on you. And so now it's time, young man, to take responsibility for it. With that said, Roberta, would you please ask Gabriel the question again? Yes, I, I, you, you, you asked it in, in another way. I was just saying, what do you feel you are responsible as a young man, a Christian young man? What's your responsibility? What's your message to young people? Um, a lot of times that I go to look for uh, mentoring or, in other words, try to figure out something that I feel like I don't know or that I, I ain't capable of figuring out on my own. I might need another team is um, a lot of the difference between, like, right and wrong. Because uh, when you're raised in, like, a church home or a spiritual home, you you kind of focus on, like, uh, not focus. It's going to come a time where you might have to make decisions, like, where you have to know if something is right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I can't think of any examples right now, but. A lot of times, like, if I look, to, if, if I want to go, if I need to figure out if something is right or wrong, I might go to someone who is older than me, who I might feel is wiser than me. Because one thing I feel like the elders have is, like, they're they more wise. So um, my grandma, for instance, like, if, if I'm having a situation and I want to know, like, uh, right or wrong, then I'm going to go ask my grandma because I feel like, you know what I'm saying, she's wiser as far as she knows what's right or wrong by living you know what I'm saying? Through through the Lord. That's I'm, I'm sorry if that I don't understand. That's the best way to explain it though. So no, you, if you go into a church, you gotta know what's right and wrong. Like you gotta know if the person that's up there speaking, you know what I'm saying, is leading you to righteousness, like to being a good person, or if it's leading you to, you know what I'm saying, not being as you know what I'm saying, good as you should be. So it's really like a mentorship. Look, it's a mentor. Mhm. That's that's good, and that's that, that that's that's great. That's awesome. That that lets me know that you are hearing from God. That lets me know that you you are listening to God, because because a wise man get counsel, and you are listening yes, to God. Ma'am. Now, as in listening to God, now how do you spread? What you know about God, I share with others what you know about God. Based uh, based off their interests, um, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, you got to figure out mainly like what people are interested in. That's the approach okay. I would normally try to take. Like uh, you may be interested in finding a relationship with God, but something is blocking you from trying to find a relationship with God. So what are you interested in that I could kind of compare, you know what I'm saying, uh, mm-hmm. like compare your natural interest into something like, uh, say you're interested in sports or something like that. I could try to well, Gabriel, give you some do you know intake sports. You know I'm sorry? The same technique that- do you realize that's the same technique that Jesus used? If he talked to fishermen, he talked about fish. If he talked to farmers, he talked about farming. So that's the same technique that Jesus used. Wow. You're right. I didn't realize that. <laughs> that's, the same. <laughs> he, that's what he's always taught. That's how he told us to share. 
see, you only know you you can only share what you know. What you know about yes, women, you can share it. You can share it with others, and that's what we have to get young people to just start expressing themselves. If they start expressing yes, themselves, they'll know that they have they have God, and they're they're doing it their way. And you're doing that. When you do that, you're just telling them the same thing that Jesus. When Jesus came, he he used he used the farm as farmers. He used fishes. You know he taught. He you know how he called Peter. He said, "Come follow me. I'll make you fishermen of men. Not not fishermen of men. I'm fishing for fish. I'm gonna be fishermen of men." <laughs> so that's the same technique that Jesus used. To get people stuff, he said, "Come on." He didn't try and take their jobs, or their talents away from them. And I think that's what's happening to the young people. We try to take what they know away and put them in the same uh, uh, shell that we're in, but they're different. And that's the same technique, Jesus. So you are you you are doing it the way God say do it. Now, what God wants you to do, He wants you to mature and go even a little farther. Go even a little farther. You might, you know, you you might not have a platform, but like you go to your grandmother and you ask her questions and stuff, and start acting right now and say, God, now how can I, how can I, how can I do more? What more you want me to do? How can I advance? I want to grow. I don't want to be a midget Christian, but I want to grow. I want to spread your word. I want people to feel what I feel about you. I want them to know you like I know you. And that's what, you know, we might use the scriptures like, like Paul said, all oh, that I may know him, you know, but you might not say it like that. So, man, you got to get to know this man. Man ain't nothing like Jesus, man. You got to get to know him. But we might use the scripture, which because because young people don't know the scriptures like that, and it kind of turns them a little, little off. But you use what you have, the method that you have. You're responsible for where you are. Your platform is what God gave you to use to glorify him. And as a young man, I'm so grateful that you're on sharing with us and helping us to know, because we don't know everything. We only know what we've been taught. And if you teach us something, we can learn. And you're teaching us today. I thank God for It's a good thing that you're interested. Yes, we are because we, we don't want to see anybody lost. We love you. We love we love you guys. We love you. And I thank God for you. Now we we're gonna go to the next one. Hey, Roberta, can I say something to Gabriel right you there? Sure can. You sure can. Gabriel, Gabriel, we have Gabriels in our in our lives as well. So if you help us, we can help them. So it's a family affair going on, and we thank God for you. I'm just excited that you're here, and I'm hoping and praying that your uncle comes too, because he has a, a, a awesome word in his belly as well. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Praise God. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Amen. I'm, and once you, once you, uh, Gabriel, once you, once you begin to study, the more you study, you're gonna be, the more you're gonna grow. And become this giant Christian, <laughs> and you and people gonna say, "Who is that? Who is that?" But it, it comes with studying. It's like when you start playing basketball. When you first start playing basketball, you know you be bouncing and you messing up. You're shooting. You might you might 
shoot at the goal five or six times before it go in. But if you don't quit, if you continue, you're going to make that shot a lot more frequent than you would if you wasn't practicing. And when you study, when you study, you're going to grow and become that spiritual giant that God created you to be. Don't quit. And keep going to your grandmother because she's a woman of faith, powerful woman of God. She's an awesome pastor. Love God with all her heart. Love God with all her heart. And I just thank God for this, for for, for, young, for this, for young people, because because somewhere, you know, as a I could say this as a as a young person. I mean, I'm a little older now, but I was young. But I can say this: I was never made to go to church. We as new in our house that we went to church. And we just got up going. I had no no question about whether I was going to go or not. I knew what day church was on Sundays, and we went to church. But I had parents that lived lived the life too, that helped me want to do it because of the lifestyle they were living, and it made me want. I saw the love of God in them, and it made me want to have the love of God as well. I saw God do things in their lives. That I wanted him to do in my life, so it made me want him even more. And like you say, like like Pastor Gene said, when we when we live, when we become discernment, our lifestyle do the preaching. It will people, not our mouth, but our lifestyle. It will it will become a magnet and draw people. And I just thank God. So we want to talk a little bit about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Just a little bit about Black Lives Matter. Pastor Jean, you want to start first? Um, yes, I can. You know, um, the thing that, that I want to speak on is that of, of, of all, that, all lives matter. But we're on the subject of, of our people today. And as I indicated last week, until we get to that place where we respect ourselves and respect who we are, and, and, and therefore our lives matter to us, then it won't have to be a statement that we put on a bumper. It won't have to be a statement that we put in the yard because we ourselves, by the way we treat one another and treat ourselves, will be the message. So I, uh, you know, I know where the statement originated from, and you know, I, I feel that we as a people need to come together and find out where we missed it, because other people, other races are not going to see that our lives matter until we see that our lives matter, and and that's a strong statement. But you know what? That's how I feel. I feel that other people are looking on and they're saying, well, how, why should your life matter to me? When your life don't, when you all don't matter to one another, you disrespect each other, you kill each other in the street more than we do. You're talking about this, that, and the other, but we observe how you do and what you do. We observe how the men disrespect the women. We we observe how the women disrespect their bodies. We we observe how the young men have no direction, so in their anger, anger they destroy one another. 
so when is your life going to matter? When is when will Black Lives Matter to Black people? And I believe that's where we need to go to find out why our lives don't matter to us, but we want it to matter to others. And I know that's strong, so I expect people to say something. But you know what? As a child of God, maybe that's where we need to go. Why? What is it going to take for our lives to matter to us? I don't know what happened, but um, somebody said, what is it going to take for our lives to matter to us? Well, it's going to take education because because we're not we're not taught to uh, embrace one another. We, we've been um, we've been told not to trust and we've been groomed not to trust. So we have to go back now and re- be uh, allow ourselves to be reached. Miss Miller, do you have any other questions or concerns for me? Pardon me? So I don't know if you all are hearing me or not, but we have to we have to allow ourselves to be re educated. Uh we have to learn how to embrace one another and to uh overlook or to excuse uh bad behavior and replace uh, uh the hatred that we sometimes the hatred that we sometimes feel with love. Uh, Sister Jean, would you uh, comment on that? Yes, ma'am, I can. And again, the answer is found. The, the answer is found in the house of God. Again, the answer is found. I believe. I believe God is speaking this to His people. I believe again that God wants to bring clarity to us, His people, His fivefold, His ministers his body, because the healing has to come through the body. God is the healer. God has to come in and heal our wrong thinking, our misconceptions about ourselves. Amen? He is the one that can come in and set our souls free, set our hearts on fire again, because we've been we've been so preoccupied with, with making a living and just surviving that we have misplaced ourselves as a people. Amen? And again, people don't want to believe it, Amen. but we're still coming from under the, the slavery mentality. We still, you can see it. You don't have to believe me. Just look. Look at how we come against one another. Look, about, look at how it's me and mine and no other. Look at the crab mentality that still operates within our people today. You know, we have black businesses right in our, in our own neighborhood, but we'll drive 20 miles to go and do business somewhere else. Can't you see it? We can see it. We, we, we have a, we, our, our people are a fatherless generation. Most of the households are single households raised by mothers who are trying to be the man and the woman, and they're raising a young man, and they're raising him up to be nothing but angry. Because he doesn't, as my grandson said, he doesn't have that male figure. So he's looking for an identity, and he's having a difficult time finding it. 
Amen? So how can he come into being who he's supposed to be if it's, if, if it's taught? If it's taught. If it's, you know, we, we, we had a, one, one uh, uh, young man that was a judge, and he said he went into the school. Every, everyone in authority in that school was a woman. The only male figure that was in that school was a janitor. He said, so what does that say to young men? What does that say to little boys that left home from a single parent's home where the mother was everything? They come to school, they're still looking for that identity, who they can identify with, and they come to school and they see this man and he's a janitor. What's put into that young man at a young age? We have got to see what the problem is. We've got to stop looking outside of our people for this solution and look to God for the solution. Because you know what? No matter what we've gone through, God is the one that caused us to survive. And God is the solution. And that's where we find it. Amen. hold Hold that thought. We're coming back to this. Pastor Chris, would you give us a song, please? Pastor Chris, could we get a song, please?
With Sister Lorianne Brown. Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. What you were were saying was so true, Pastor James, that we have to be untaught. We have to be untaught to learn something new. And remember what you said, he taught them how to make slaves. So we have to learn how to not be slaves to everything. And that's why Jesus told the, that's why God told the children of Israel, he said, teach them. It's all in our teaching. When we learn better, we do better. And that's the thing that we have to learn that black lives matters. And we have to learn that it matters in our community first. And then we take it 
out of our community into everywhere else. And what you said is absolutely true. Black lives matter. And there is a question mark when they say, well, why do black lives just matter when this happened and not that happened? It's supposed to matter across the board. And we have to teach that. We have to teach that life comes from God and nobody has a right to take it. We got to get out the church house and go to the crack house, go to the streets where the problem is. See, the problem, the problem is in the street. And that's where we have to go and do the teaching in the street. But do we have people willing to go to the street? Are we afraid? So how do we get how do we how do we get from where we are to where we need to be? Where do we start? Gabriel, could you answer that question? As a young man, could you answer that question for us? Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, I feel you got to start with, like I said before, you got to start with the younger generation. Um, you the, the to overrule all of the uh, the Willie Lynch letter and all of that stuff. Like, um, I feel like we're gonna have to come just as powerful as he used to make Say that, that again. plan. Say that again. I'm, come uh, on. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, we gotta come just as powerful with our plan as he came with his, like because although his 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 plan was bad, although his plan was not good, like and what he was doing, it worked. But he came with uh, he came with power. Yeah, it worked. So basically, uh, we're gonna have to use our generations that we got left, the generations that still, the generations that's new here, and the generations to come. We gotta use them to start trying to build, you know what I'm saying, like a better plan, a better, better plan for ourselves. Because they already made a plan against us. One thing we haven't did yet was try to make a plan to, you know what I'm saying, break their plan. To show, show, to show that we, we can do it. We have to educate ourselves in every area yes. of life. To educate yes, ourselves, ma'am. and knowledge, we have to knowledge. Knowledge, yes. We have, we have to have it, and we have to have the true knowledge. Like you say, his was wrong, but ours is right because because we're going with what the Word of God said, and realizing who we are, that we are. Kings and priests, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are free. We're not bound, we're free. We have a yes, right. Ma'am. And that's where we have to take our message. People only know what they've been taught. But what they've been taught is not all there is to know. When we learn better, we do better. And if we start teaching one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, but as, as, as Pastor Gene said, most of the time, when we learn, when we become educated as a people, we move out of our community, and we take our knowledge to, to other communities and make their communities better. But we don't bring it back to our own community and teach our own. 
We don't do that. But that's something we have to learn how to do as a people. We got to stop blaming other people for the things that we're not doing ourselves. I read a book, The Burden of Freedom. Freedom is a burden because once I get free, now I got to be responsible. I got to make choices. I got to I got to make a choice of how I want to live, what I want to eat, what I want to drive, where I want to live, how I want to educate myself. Then this become overwhelming, like, oh, no, I don't want this. I want somebody else to be responsible for that for me, not my own. I want somebody else to be responsible for my rent. I want somebody else to be responsible for my food. So that's, that's why uh, we need to be educated to know that we can do it. We're capable of doing it. And once we do better, we come and we go back and get our own. Jesus made it plain. See, he, he only, Jesus said, when you're strong, Peter, when you're strong, when, you, when you've got yours, go back and get your brother. He didn't say leave your brother. He said go back and get it. But you go back in love, doing it in love, not in, condemn, not in condemning them, not in showing them what they're not, not in putting them down, but in love. Then that's, what, that's where we have to go as a people, like you say, as a young man. The things you learn that we got to come stronger, we have to come stronger with the true message and with our own conviction. We got to be convicted of it as well. Pastor, Pastor Jean, would you like to comment on that? Pastor Jean? Hello. She may not want to comment, but I do. Um, okay. I, I love the I love the direction in which this uh, conversation is going in, and it, it just goes back to uh, bear witness to what God said before we all got started. We've got to take responsibility for our decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, I can read that letter that that Jim uh, uh, Lynch or Crow or whatever his name was wrote. I can I can um, I can read it backwards and forwards. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I've got to look that guy in the mirror or that woman in the mirror, and I've got to decide, what do I want for her life? What do I want for his life? Do I want to live on the edge that the police might break my door down any minute because I've chosen a life of illegal activity? Or do I want to go say welcome to Walmart? Do I want a humble job that perhaps doesn't pay that well, but at the end of the day, I can look myself in the mirror and I can say, I did it, I did it um, upright and out front. I don't have to worry that the police is going to break my door down in the middle of the night. So, uh, Gabriel, as a young man, uh, that's what I see uh, for you, for my grandson, for my son, that we have to make a decision. And that decision will come with responsibility, whether it's a bad decision or a good decision. It's still going to come with responsibility. And it's all about what do you want for your life. And when you decide that and when other young people decide what they want for their life, then there's a method to the madness. There's a way to get the end result. But we cannot continue to do the same thing and expect something different to happen when we continue to do the same thing. So no matter who wrote the letter, no matter how many crashes in the bucket, when we go to God, the author and the finisher of our faith, we can get out of that bucket. 
And so that's what I want to see for you today, uh, Gabriel, and all the young people who might be listening to us on today. I want to see you get out of the bucket. I want to see you quit walking on the ground, pecking off the ground, and I want to see you soar, son. I want to see you fly, and I want to see you fly high. I want to see you take off, and I want to see you effective in your life. I want to see that, and I believe I will see it because my sister's already forestated. You're going someplace. You're not here by happenstance, and you're not here by accident, and you're not even here because you're Gene Homer's grandson. You're here by divine order of God. Amen. God is speaking some things in your life today. You would never be the same. I don't care if you return back to the same activities, but you would never be the same from the inside. And because of that, you're going to evolve into the man that God has called you out of darkness into light to be. Okay, uh, Roberta, take this. Amen. I'm and sorry, we- I was muted. Mute, I was muted, and I'd like to ask something here, if I may. You know, Gabriel, to you and to all of your generation, this is what I have to say to you. There, the assault that has come is because there's something special in our people. There, we have to remember that we, we, the creation of God, also have an adversary. And this is what I'd like to say to you, Gabriel, and if you could answer it. Have you ever considered what is it that God has put in you and yours that the enemy despises them? Because he spent a lot of time over time trying to destroy our people. And this is what I would say to our people from the pulpit to the front door. Have you ever considered the fact that there's something that has never been tapped into that God has put within our people that that is special to our people, a purpose and a calling that the world maybe has not received because we've not grown in coming to that place that God has, 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 has chartered for us during our lifetime. On, on, on the, as we as we so journeyed in this land, let's look at where we originated from. We originated from a people that were warriors. Let's look even scripturally where we originated from. The wisest man that was ever created came from a, 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 the the this, uh, the color. I want to say, for lack of better words, from us. Amen. Solomon. The wisest man that was ever that ever lived. Amen. So look at those type of things. If that's where we originated from, and we have an adversary, and the Bible tells us that that adversary will never change. His mo is to kill, steal, and destroy. And God made us to be warriors. And God has given us and gifted us with wisdom from on high, strategies from on high. Then, if you were our adversary, what would be your what would what would you do in order to to destroy us? We've got to go back and study history. We've got to see where we originated from. We've got yes. to see from the point point of our creation. God is the one that created us, put us there in Africa, trained us up to be warriors and survivors. And no matter how many of us drowned in the sea uh, uh, on the trip over here, no matter how much they violated us, no matter how much they tried to destroy us and rob us, we still stand. The reason we're standing is because God has 
footstep for us to stand. You're still a warrior. Our men are still warriors, even though they are oppressed and they're beat down, even though they may have lost their way. Gabriel, there's a warrior in you. There is a place in you that once you get a hold to, and I'm speaking to you and Proxy, I'm speaking to all of your gener- all of your generation. There's a warrior inside, and that warrior is destined to come out. Now, it's our responsibility to seek the face of the Lord for how to bring forth and speak prophetically into the spiritual realm so that the warrior in our men can come out. And not only our men, but our women are warriors, too, because they've had to go through. They've had to hold the family together. They've had to struggle and do things that they ordinarily and normally were not created to do. So we are survivors. But unless we know that, how can we put it into Gabriel's generation or the generation to come? And that's where we need to do the work. That's where we need to do the footwork. We can no longer stand in line and wait for somebody else to go out there and roll up their sleeves and get out on the ground and plow and do the work so we can step into that place of position and say, now, where is mine? No, let me tell you this. The reason they worked for the slave owners is because they came in unity. Even though they came in the unity for something evil, it worked. It's biblical. If you look at Nimrod, if you look in the Bible where Nimrod, because the people were in unity, they came together to build a tower to reach heaven itself. Even though the method was wicked, only God could destroy it by dividing their conversation because God himself said anything, anything that they, 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 they purposed to do in their mind because they were in unity, they could accomplish it. Amen. They accomplished the annihilation of our people because they did it in unity. Key Amen. weapon, let's come together in unity. If Amen. we could come together in unity, if you read the Willie Lynch letter, the warning was in there. If these people, if this is a warning, if they ever come to the realization of who they are, if they ever realize that we've done this and they return to the natural way of doing things, they will get it together. They will come out of this. They will break the cycle. So let's come together as a people in unity for once because that's what the adversary has done, kept us in disharmony and disunity and kept us in bondage. Amen. Amen. And that's what I believe that God is doing. He's bringing us together. He's, first he had to let us know, let us know who we were, that we were, that who we, we are powerful that we are free. He had to let us know that first. You have to be free. You have to be free before you can free someone else. And I believe that's what he's doing. And because the reason that we could never, never be at peace being uh, uh, a slave or, or, or having someone lord over us because that was never meant to be. No one was never supposed to have dominion over you because God made us free will ages to think for ourselves, to uh, uh, do for ourselves. And and when we start thinking different, we will live different. We will be, be different. So our thinking, we have to start thinking different. We have to start, and, and I'm so glad, Gabriel, that you said, you said we have to come strong, meaning that you have to think different, and your thinking has to be, you have to be convinced 
of who you are yourself. And when you come strong, can nobody stop you because the strength is there. And then you get another to come strong with you and another and another and another and another. And we keep coming one by one, one by one. And everyone, every one of us can reach one, everyone. And if everyone reach one, there won't be any left out. That's what we have to do as a people, to know who our God is and to know that we are warriors, that we are victorious. We just don't war, but we win when we fight. We fight the good fight of faith. We learn. We got. To, we get in these books. We learn. We have to study, and we have to know our history. When you know your history, where you came from, and I think that's what happened to us as a people. We lost our heritage. We lost our history. And we picked up somebody else's, and we found that we got a group of young people that don't know where they came from or where they're going, and they're confused. And they picked up somebody else's agenda for who they were. And they thought it was about baggy pants. And, 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 and I think Pastor said it before, we start seeking jobs and stop uh, being in the home and teaching and training our children the way they supposed. They were left alone a lot of times. A lot of times we were out there doing what we wasn't supposed to do. And because of it, we lost. They slipped through the cracks. But we got to go get them. We have to. We have to. We have. That's my, that's, my, that's my sister. That's my brother. Regardless of what they look like, regardless of what they're doing, I got to help them up. I got to pick them up. I got to be with them. I got to love them. Because it's the love, with love and kindness that we draw each other, with love and kindness that we bring people together. And we have the love of God. We have the word of God. We have the weapons, our weapons. He said our weapons were not colonel, but they were mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. The reason that slaves made it the way, they prayed their way through. They believed God. They trust God. They were humbled. They, they was willing to say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I see, I see my people being free. I see, and they start begin, they beginning to speak it in their heart. They begin to say it. They begin to stand on the word of God, and the word of God is what set us free. It set us free. We can't change this. We can't take nothing out of this word or out of context. We have to stand on the word and see how the word, we might say it, Gabriel might say it a little different than me, but it's going to be the word of God that set us free. That's the only thing that set us free. It's the word of God. Doing it God's way, it ha- it's going to set us free. And Pastor Chris, I think it's time for a song. Would you give us a song? I thank God, radio audience. I thank God because truly this is an awesome topic and it's very much needed. We need, this is so needed today. Yes, before we go to song, I need to give a shout out to who's really running the board zone today. I've been saying Pastor Chris, but that's Sister Nisi. And we want to give a shout out to Nisi and show love towards her. That's Pastor Chris, lovely and adorable wife. Sister Nisi, we need a song. God bless you. Amen. Same God who keeps me 
Saturdays
the amount of time that we need to God because we start thinking we can fix it or we start thinking that a job can fix it. We start thinking that if we played in the NBA, it'll fix it. If we played in, 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 in this, we made money. We was actors. We were superstars. It was fixed. If I got a better home, we would fix it. But only the same God. The same God is the only one that can fix it. He's the only one that can change it. And the way he changed it, that we go to him and we get his instruction. And whatever he gives us, we stay focused and continue on the path that he puts us on for deliverance. I'm reminded of a young man, Tyler Perry, didn't have a, uh, wasn't born with a silver spoon, but a man that had nothing. And now he's a billionaire because he stopped looking at Hollywood. He wanted to them to he wanted to get an Oscar. He wanted to be on the Hollywood the, the star. The, he wanted Hollywood, but Hollywood didn't want nothing to do with him. So he said, "You know what? I'm gonna create my own." And he started from where he was, and he moved on. And now Hollywood is calling him. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to come to the place of knowing that what we have is enough. And we start working right where we at. And we be responsible for who we are. And what we're supposed Girl, to do. Girl, that is a mouthful right there. Because I remember, I remember when I was a basket case and God sent somebody to address the gray elephant in my room. And stopped me from looking at yesterday and started me to looking at today. And I'm reminded of a situation I was in. I had uh, became depressed. And I kept blaming other people for my situation. But my situation after I met Christ was self-made. I was self-medicating myself on depression. And I remember a young lady came to my house. And my house was so in a disarray that I didn't even know where to start trying to pull the pieces together. And God, through this woman of God, said to me one piece at a time, pick up one piece at a time. And she said, you pick up one piece at a time, in 30 minutes you can look back and see a pattern. And just like I made a mess of my life one piece at a time, I began to pick up the pieces that was uh, spreaded all over my house. I had quit uh, cleaning up. I had quit cooking. I had quit bathing. I had quit life, but how many know you cannot, you cannot quit life when life lives inside of you? And that woman, when she left that day, I began to pick up a pair of socks off the floor, and, and I threw them in the dirty clothes, and I picked up a pair of pants off the floor. And about 30 minutes later, I looked around, I got tired, I looked around, and you know what? I saw a clean area, one little small clean area, and it encouraged me to continue the next day. So that's what I say unto you, uh, uh, Gabriel, is one piece at a time. Go to God, ask God for direction. And whatever God gives you to do, if he gives you to carry milk to an old lady, take the milk to the old lady until he tells you to take up some cookies with the milk. That's all you got to do. It's not as complicated as we make it. We've made it complicated, but God, serving God is simple. You just got to make it your mind to do it. Thank you, Roberta, for, for 
uh, causing my baby to leap in my womb again. Thank you, Pastor Jean, for the enlightenment that you're sharing with God's people on today. And I and I, I decrease that y'all might increase the most. This is our awesome show today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God. So we have to become <clears throat> what God has called and created us to be and to do what he called us to do. So that we can, so that we can be the blessing that he wants us. Because you know, other people are waiting on us. They're waiting. They can't because we are attached to their success. We're attached to them, and we're a piece of their puzzle that has to come together. The picture won't be complete if all the pieces are not put together. And they're waiting on us to get ourselves together to know who we are. And at today, as Christians, so many Christians, if you ask them, what is your purpose? What are you here for? Why did God bring you to planet Earth? And they'll tell you, I don't know. Because nobody went to the manufacturer and asked them, why was I put here? What is my purpose? Why am I here as young people? Can you ask that question to God, not to me, but to your creator, the one that made you? Why am I here? I'm not here just to fill a void because God is a God of purpose. He created us on purpose with a purpose for a purpose. And he expects us to do that. But we can't get, we can't get <clears throat> instruction except we go to the manufacturer the one that created us and made us. And that's what he wants you to do, Gabriel. And you started today. Today you started saying, where do I fit? Where do I belong? When we start asking questions like that, we get answers. We get answers because so often we don't feel like we fit because we don't. Not Not in the puzzle that others has placed for us. But when we get to God and ask him as a people and as an individual, Lord, what would you have me to do? When Jesus came to earth, he knew his, his purpose from, from the moment he came here. And his eyes, his desires, everything was focused on the purpose and why he came. Now, in the meantime, in him coming, He did some things while he was here, but his whole purpose was to come and die for our sins. His whole purpose is so that we could be born again, regenerated, to give us a new life, to give us a chance, to wash us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to die that we might be free. That was his purpose. And if we can ask ourselves, Lord, what is my purpose? Who am I dying for that they might be free? And we don't have to die a physical death. Our death is just giving up our desires, giving up up a, a, a chance to forgive. I forgive you. Just to tell a person I forgive you. These are some of the things that God is calling us to do, to give a person a hand. But he wants you to know 
that I came that you might have life, not just to live on earth, but to have an abundant life, a life with more than enough, a life to share with others, to give back to others, a life to give people hope that when people see you, they'll say, I see hope. I see a chance. I might be down and out, but I see I can get up now. And that's where God wants us, with him. Trusting him, leaning on him, depending on him. And when we say black lives matter, we'll say it with conviction. With conviction that no matter what was written years ago, I've been free because of Jesus. I've been set free. That no longer have me bound. Lynch letter has no longer has me bound because I've been set free. I have eleven children, and I always told, asked them, "Who do you want? Who who are you? What you want to be?" If they said a lawyer, I call them attorney. If they say a doctor, I call them a doctor. But I start calling them what they said they wanted to become. And when we start putting it in the atmosphere of who we want our children to be and telling them who they are and what they can and what they can be, not what they can, it's enough of the world telling them what they can't do. But you can tell them, you can do all things through Christ that strengthen you. You gotta be committed to what you desire. When my daughter was going in school and things was hard for her, and I told her, I said, well, just be a nurse. Don't be a doctor. She told me, she said, Mama, quitting is not an option. And she's doctor now. But we have to be determined because it's going to get hard as young people, as old people, as middle-aged people. As long as there's breath in our body, it's going to be hard. But we have to press and keep going. And knowing that we win because of the Christ in us, he said, I'll give you the strength to go through. So Gabriel, as a young man, as a young man, keep your eyes on the prize. Don't give up. Whatever come, what may, don't give up. Stay focused. Keep moving. Even if they're laughing at you, keep moving. Even if they're talking about you, keep moving. Keep pressing forward. Not backwards, but forward. And one day, you'll be able to stand up and look back and say, my soul, look back and wonder how I got over. Because the Lord going to bring you through it. He's going to bring you over. He's going to do it. And if we all look back at our life, we never thought we would be where we are today. Only but by the grace of God that we are what we are. And that we thank him for everything we went through because we went through it. And when we go back to our ancestors, all they went through, and they're still here. They didn't take us out. We're still here. And we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And I thank God. That this show today is a blessing 
to all people. But we have to learn how to raise our expectations of who we are, who we're going to be, who we desire to be, who we want to be. We have to raise our expectations. And we can't look for other people to do it, but we have to do it ourselves. That's what we that's what the whole Christian life is about. Being who Christ created you to be. And he's saying all these things, everything, you are more than a conqueror. Not only are you gonna conquer, but you're gonna conquer more and more and more. So when the obstacles come, you say I'm more than a conqueror and keep moving. I'm more than a conqueror and keep moving. I'm more than a conqueror. Keep moving. Keep moving. Can I plug that? Go ahead. Listen, uh, when you were talking, I was just reminded of uh, one vital tool for Gabriel. Gabriel, uh, your grandmother is my friend, and she's a woman of God. And the woman that's talking, Sister Roberta, is my mentor and my best friend. And she's a woman of God. Do you catch the pattern? When you want to go where God is taking you, you have to have the right company. You have to be in the right company. You cannot be with chickens expecting them to act like eagles. Because, Gabriel, eagles eat chickens. But a chicken would never eat an eagle. So, when you get some quiet time again, and all young people that are listening to me, begin to analyze the company that you keep. And if the company that you keep is not the type of person that you want to become, change company, change partner. Because, because this woman of God is my mentor and this other woman of God is my friend, I'm becoming and evolving because of their influence in my life. So be careful who you allow to influence your life, Gabriel, because you are not cut from the same cloth. You are not cut, son, from the same cloth of the company that you keep. They rags, baby, and you're not. You're trying to fit into a square peg, but you're round. You need to change the company. Uh, Roberta, we got 10 minutes, and I want to give uh, Sister Jean a chance to do final words, and I'm, I'm going to know one of my final words. And I'd like to have Gabriel to at least ask a question if he has any, because we don't want you coming here today to just leave without knowing whatever it is you need to know. So, Gabriel, would you start off with your final remarks or your final question, and then Sister Jean? Before you headed off, Gabriel, can I can I read a verse before you give the mic over to to Gabriel? Okay. It's John four fourteen. The water of life, the water that I shall give him, shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Life in the Greek word means zoe, and we all have to remember that God made us in his image to know the capacity of his eternal life. God is a great God, family and friends, that we serve, and life itself is not easy. But we got to remember where we come from. I'm going to leave it short and sweet. That was Sister Nisi. Thank you, Sister Nisi. Now, Gabriel.
Yes, ma'am. Um, I just wanted to say, um, if uh, everything like y'all been saying today is real powerful, like I learn something every time I listen. Um, <clears throat> but if we know the answers like already, as not just black people but as human beings, like if we know like um, th- there's been plans to destroy us. And we know the only way to, like, destroy those plans is to make a better plan. Like, is are we willing to take the time out every day to do that if we know that that's the answer? Like, are we willing to take the time every day to make our people more better than what they are? Like, if, 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 that's, if that's what we want to do, like, that's really the answer right there. We got to just take our time out every day of our lives to try to make sure we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I'd like to uh, close this. Um, you know, the, and, 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 and you know, we learn from personal experiences. And I, rem- I know that we all were where Gabriel is right now. And I remember, I just want to pull, up, pull from my experience. There was a time when I didn't know who I was. I was raised to be rejected and dejected. I was raised and told that I was the black sheep of the family, that I, I didn't fit in. Everybody was wrong but me. So I had to uh, embark on a journey to know myself because when I compared myself to other people in my family, I was not the same. I may have had the physical appearance of my aunt or my father, but inside there was something different. So I, I found that I could not use them as an example of who I was to be because somewhere inside of me I would always see that they handled situations differently than I would have. Uh, but I want to say this to the young people. The only way that I begin to find some inner peace is when I realize that God knew me by name, that I was not a mistake, that God himself is the one that gave me life, and when he gave me life, he also gave me a destiny. And and when I came to the realization that God himself created me in his image, that God himself put himself inside of me. He branded me and said, now you're mine. When I came to the realization that this powerful, sovereign God that created the heavens and the earth, and he is the one that determined every day whether I get up or whether I don't. But this great God, found something good in me, and I began to make that my purpose, to know him. You know what? It superseded people saying I was called a priest. It superseded people saying I was this, that, and the other. It superseded people saying women didn't weren't called to preach. It superseded people saying you, you're not educated enough. It superseded whether people liked me or not. Because I had finally come to a place of understanding who I was to him, that I was loved. 
I didn't have to fix it up, dress it up. I didn't have to speak it up. I could come to him messed up. I could come to him fixed up. But he was the lover of Gene Homer. No matter where, whether or not anybody else affirmed me, stayed with me, left me, uh, accepted me, or rejected me, I could stand before the President of the United States of America feeling just fine. Because now I know who I am to him, and I'm the apple of his eye, and I'm special in his sight. And he angel to watch over me. And when you come to that point, young people, of realizing that you were not a mistake, when God put you in your mother's womb, he's the one that put you there for a purpose. He knew how you were going to look. He knew exactly where you were going to fall. He knew the bad and wicked stuff you would do as well as the good. And at that point, he's the one that said, I'm giving you life because you're not too difficult for me. You're not too messed up for me. And not only am I giving you life, but I'm giving you the grace, which is my unmerited favor, and you can't do nothing but accept it. I'm giving you mercy. That means that no matter how many times you fall, I'm going to pick you up. But let your determined purpose be to know me because I know you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. We thank God for all your radio listeners today. For this buffet has been a full meal for all of us. And we just truly thank God and praise him for who he is. We give him glory, honor. I call you blessed. Thank God. And Sister Chris, I don't know your name. Sister Chris, take it away. Sister Nisi. Sister Nisi. I'm sorry. Sister Nisi. Thank you. God bless you. It's Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.